Okay. Okay, I was wondering what was going to happen there. I I wasn't too familiar with that song at all. Oh, my goodness. Leah, who is that? Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Okay, I know who Bruno Mars Thank is. Thank God. <laughs> I know who Bruno Mars is. This is Paul Kurtman on Newstalk STL in the studio today with Leah and a very special guest. My nephew is joining us today behind the microphone, Daniel Kurtman. Daniel, welcome to Newstalk STL. We have a lot that we're going to get to today. Uh, first of all, I just want to let you know, you can watch the live stream if you go to Facebook, if you go to Rumble, uh, anywhere live streams are shown. Well, maybe not anywhere, but you can find us. You can look us up on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Rumble, at News Talk STL. I'd like to encourage you to just go there, give uh, the station a like and a follow, and uh, you can watch us in studio. But listen, there's a lot to get to this week. One of the most entertaining things that has happened in a long time, like one of the most entertaining real-life things to have happened in a long time happened this week. Uh, we're going to get to that here. In just a minute. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about Ukraine, what's going on in Ukraine, and poll numbers. Some recent poll numbers have just hit uh, the news cycle. They dropped yesterday uh, relating to President Biden and the way the American people are feeling about his leadership. We're going to be getting to that as well. But let's just go ahead and start off right now uh, with some of the things that have just happened this week that further inflame and anger me, and that is the spin that this administration is putting on everything that they can, thinking that the American people are so stupid that we're just going to buy right into their rhetoric. And what I'm specifically talking about, and you might have already been hearing about it this week, you might still be fuming from it yourself, and I suspect that you'll continue to every time you go to the gas pump. And that is what Jen Psaki said uh, um, about whose fault it really is that gas prices are so high. We're going to go ahead and start off with this right now. Go ahead and play this clip. You say that you're going to do everything that you can to reduce the impact that high gas prices have on Americans. Uh, we're asking other countries to think about maybe pumping more oil. Why not just do it here? Well, to be very clear, federal policies are not immol- uh, limiting the supplies of oil and gas. To the con- let me finish. To the con- let me finish. An executive order. His Peter, first week halted new oil and le- gas. Let me let me give you let me give you the facts here, and I know that can be inconvenient, but I think they're important in this moment. There are 9,000 approved drilling permits that are not being used. So the suggestion that we are not allowing companies to drill is inaccurate. Okay, I'm going to start right here with this. The fact that she's saying that there's 9,000 permits that aren't being used and that it's not the administration's fault, it's not the government's fault, that oil's not being pumped, that oil's not being pushed through pipelines because there's 9,000 permits. Let's just stop with the word permits. A permit is when you have to ask somebody else permission to, in this case, drill oil. So if you have to ask somebody else's permission, that alone, the fact that you have to get a permit, that alone is a manifestation of regulation that stops people from drilling or otherwise pumping oil. Just the fact that you have to have a permit is regulation that stops people from doing this type of thing. Furthermore... She says, she says there's 9,000 permits. There's nothing stopping people from drilling oil. There's nothing stopping people from pumping oil. We have the infrastructure that we need. These are 9,000 permits that aren't even being used. So whose fault is it that the pump, uh, that at the gas pump today, you're going to be paying $4 
or you might be paying 425 or even more in the next few days. Whose fault is it? Jen Psaki says that it's your fault. It's the American people's fault. Why? Because they're giving us all the permission that we need to give us more oil to increase the supply of oil. There's no reason why gas should be so expensive. There's 9,000 permits that aren't being used. So it's not the government's fault. It's the people's fault. The people that they're permitting. The people that they're permitting to go after oil to lower gas prices. Those people just aren't doing it. This is one of the this is one of the worst cases of spin and you know what it continues to get worse and worse and worse because now it's not just spin as they try to find other explanations to kind of hide the truth a little bit now they are blatantly turning around and trying to place the blame of everything that we're experiencing all the pain at the pump that we're experiencing they are spending sending the blame right back to the American people it is your fault we have permitted you we have permitted you to go out and pump and drill oil, and you're not even using 9,000 of the permits that we've given you. This is the administration. This is the Biden administration. And no longer, no longer is it about them trying to find solutions and answers to everything that President Biden campaigned about. No, not anymore. President Biden, his administration want you to know that it's him versus we, the people. It's him versus you, the people. The people that he's permitting to go out and explore and drill and pump oil, you're not doing it. The people that they've permitted to increase our oil supply, they're not doing it. But you know, it is just spinning. Jen Psaki, she knows it's spin. She's smarter than this. She's been around the block once or twice. This ain't her first rodeo. There's a lot more to drilling and pumping oil than just getting a permit. Well, joining us now is Mike Summers. He is the president and CEO of the American Petroleum Institute. I imagine you would send an engraved invitation to the White House for them to come on over and to learn a little bit more about this. Uh, when she talks about the fact that there's all this opportunity for drilling to be done in America, how do you respond? Well, look, Dana, right now there are over 100,000 active federal leases that are being developed. This 9,000 statistic is phony. Uh, they don't really know how the process works. In fact, when you get a lease, you have to go through a whole process of making sure that, first of all, that there actually is oil and gas on the lease, and then you have to get more federal permits to develop it. This is all about red tape. Uh, this is not about getting American energy development going again. And we want to make sure that American producers can produce here in America and become that energy powerhouse that we have been over the course of the last decade. So, so Mike, here's where the pressure goes. On screen, guys, call for one. Today, $4.31. That is a record high for the U.S. Yesterday, four and a quarter. A month ago, it was three forty-seven. A year ago, what was it? Was it? 260 or something. 260, right? Okay, so so here, here begins the question then. Day one an office, Mike, right? You've got Keystone, you got the Paris Climate Accord, you've got Anwar in Alaska. And you just wonder about the pressure on the consumer and how that transfers to the pressure on the White House's policy over the next six months, perhaps. So I would ask well, you whether or not, about- well, Mike, is their policy really set in stone? Well, we have to think about where we started with this administration. And you point out some of those big executive actions they took at the beginning of the administration. But let's rewind. A decade uh, before... I'm going to stop right there because what was just talked about, what uh, uh, Bill Hammer just said right there on Fox News in that clip. He brought us all the way back to day one of the administration, the Paris Climate Accords. 
See, President Trump had worked hard. He campaigned, actively campaigned in 2016 on getting us out of the Paris Climate Accords. He kept saying, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal for the country. It's going to cost the consumers more. It's going to cost more in terms of energy policy for the consumers, for the American people. His America First policy would necessarily require that we get out of the Paris Climate Accord because it was bad for America. It was bad for our industry. It was bad for our consumers. It was bad for our manufacturers and our producers. And you know what? He got us out of it. He also started, uh, um, uh, he got the Keystone XL pipeline underway. That We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs. And Canada's telling us, Canada had told us just this week that they would love to be able to import more crude oil to the U.S., but what is it going to take? It's going to take another pipeline to facilitate that oil coming through. It's going to take the Keystone Pipeline. And the Keystone Pipeline can actually give us more oil per day than we're getting from Russia. So right here, Russia is this bad guy, right? And they're invading Ukraine. But President Biden, he was so slow to stop the oil supply coming in from Russia, the, the oil that we were importing from Russia. And what a terrible place he's got the country in and what a terrible place he's in personally as a politician. On day one of the of the Biden uh, administration, Paris Climate Accords, and he stopped the Keystone Pipeline. So when Jen Psaki's asked by Peter Ducey, is there any regulations that are getting in the way? Is, is the administration thinking about revisiting some of the things that they've done that have kind of helped put us in this situation? She doesn't go back to the fact that uh, President Biden pulled us uh, out of the um, or put us back into the Paris Climate Accords. She doesn't go back to the fact that President Biden, with a stroke of his pen, killed thousands and thousands and thousands of American jobs and increased our dependency on Russian oil. She doesn't go back to that at all. Jen Psaki doesn't place any of the blame at the administration's feet. President Biden doesn't place any blame at the administration's feet. President Biden places the blame for high gas prices at the feet of these same American people that are suffering every time we go to the pump and we pay $1 more, now $2 more. And where's it going to stop? But what's new? What is new with this president? Because this isn't the first time that he turned around and tried to place all the blame on the American people. In his State of the Union address just the other week, right? We're talking about inflation. Once again, American people from one week to the next, they're beginning to feel this very personally in their bank account when inflation, inflation is now at 7.9%. That's the highest it's been in my lifetime. I'm 40 years old. That is the highest it's been in over 40 years, 7.9%. For everything that you bought for a dollar 12 months ago, today you have to have about a dollar and eight cents to buy the exact same thing. That is an incredible devaluation of the US dollar. But who does President Biden blame? He blames the people inside our economy that are setting the prices, that are actually saying what things are going to have to cost. And it's so stupid the way he does it, too. See, he's pushing the blame back on the American people for inflation. He's saying, if you want to fight inflation, lower your cost. Don't lower wages. And what a stupid, stupid thing to even say. As if wages are not nothing more than the cost of labor. 
the cost of everything is going up, and that includes the cost of labor. Because as costs continue to rise, workers are going to demand an increase in their pay just so that way they can keep up with the cost of living. So no, you can't you can't just lower cost arbitrarily. That's not how economics works. It's impossible to do that and expect. It would be it would be absolute insanity to do that and expect that somehow on the other side of that we're going to have a good economic outcome just to arbitrarily lower prices. You can't lower prices and increase wages. That's not how you fight inflation. Literally, the way you have to do it is you have to rein in the monetary policy that's creating more dollars because inflation is too few. Or I'm sorry, inflation is too. Much dollars chasing after too few goods. So as goods and services become more scarce, and as dollar bills become less scarce, in other words, there's more of them out there, they just become worth less. And that's why costs go up. Because if you're going to go to the store to buy something, that shop owner is going to tell you, they're going to say, hey, I'm going to need more dollars. You know, These dollars were worth a lot a year ago, but since there's so many more of them out there in the economy... They're worth a lot less, so you're going to have to give me more in order for me to capture the value of this product that you're trying to buy. But President Biden turns the blame right back on the American people. This is what we're seeing. We're seeing this from one issue to the next. President Biden saying it's the American people's fault. Oh, you're suffering because of the cost of things. You're suffering because your wages aren't high enough. You're suffering at the gas pump. Whose fault is it? It has nothing to do with the administration. It has everything to do with the American people because the government's permitting us, President Biden, his benevolence, he's permitting us to drill. It's just that people aren't doing it. That's actually Jen Psaki's answer for why gas prices are so high and what the administration can do about it. What she's telling us is that the administration wants to do absolutely nothing about it. Nothing about it except just blame the people. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the most entertaining outcomes of a court case that I've seen in a long, long time. This is Paul Kurtman in the studio here at News Talk STL with Leah and my nephew, Daniel Kurtman. We'll be back here in just a minute. And welcome back to News Talk STL. This is Paul Kurtman. In the last segment, we were talking about President Biden's handling of the inflation, handling of inflation and a bunch of other issues. And I just kind of went off about how they're always blaming the American people for problems that they created, like a total failure in leadership. It was Harry Truman, a Missourian, who said the buck stops here. In other words, he took total responsibility because as president, Harry Truman said the buck stops here. So anything going on, ultimately, he's the one responsible. That's leadership. Kind of, kind of manly, you know, of Harry Truman to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm the president, but the buck stops with me. So if something goes wrong here, something goes wrong there, he's willing to take full responsibility for it. Not President Biden. Not Jen Psaki. Nope, it's the American people. I mean, they're permitting us to drill. It's our fault for not drilling. But I think that the American people are really having buyer's remorse. All the people that voted for Joe Biden in the polls are beginning to reflect it. Wall Street Journal just released uh, a poll that they had taken uh, just the other day. And there's some pretty, just yesterday they released these polls. And there is some pretty interesting and I think informative information here. Of the following, what is the most important issue that you want the president and the U.S. Congress to make a top priority? What is the number one issue facing Americans right now that they want president and the House of Representatives to actually tackle. Have any idea, Leah? You know what the number one issue is? There's a lot of stuff in the news cycle right now. You know what the number one issue is? Ukraine. 
Nope, nope. In fact, Ukraine only only one out of four Americans think that that's the most pressing issue for America. Gas prices. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Inflation in the economy. Fifty percent of all Americans say the number one issue that President Biden should be tackling right now is inflation and the economy. And what a fail! I bet his consultants are pulling their hair out right now because they see polls like this. And then the president actually has an opportunity to address the issue. And what do they say? It's not our fault. It's you guys' fault. We're letting we're letting you drill, but you're just not drilling. It's your fault. So 50% of uh, the American people say that they want President Biden to say the buck stops with me and they want him to start managing this issue or at least weighing in, leading on it. Specifically, here's another question that was released. Specifically, would you say that the economy is going in the right direction or headed in the wrong direction? Well, there's only three answers you can give here. Right direction, wrong direction, or don't know. How many people do you think say that the economy is going in the right direction, Leah? Um, Definitely less than 50%. How about less than 25%? That was going to be my next guess. <laughs> <laughs> Less than 25. In fact, 24% of the American people, only 24%, think the economy is going in the right direction. The amount of people that think the economy is definitely going in the wrong direction, 65%. Now, let's look at the next question. How would you rate the strength of the U.S. economy between excellent, good, total positive, not so good, poor, or total negative? How many people do you think, how many of the American people do you think rated the U.S. economy, the strength of the U.S. economy, as a total positive? Are you asking? I'm asking. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you wanting a percentage? Yeah, just what do you think? Uh, I'll get you there. 39%. Okay. <laughs> 39% of the American people think that the economy is a total positive. And, of course, we don't know who these people are. I mean, if they're polling people that are getting free money because they're on some type of subsidy, it's probably a lot easier to think that the economy is moving in the right direction. If you're a business owner and had to have your shirt, have your doors shut because of coronavirus, and then you haven't been able to reopen them, and now you're paying, now inflation is 7.9%, and gas is on average over $4 a gallon, you're probably saying, no, 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 no. You're probably fit with the other group, 60% of Americans who think that the U.S. economy is a total 100 one, I hate saying 100%. Total negative. 60% of the American people think that the U.S. economy is a total negative right now. In the tank. And you know what? You can't blame them, right? You just can't blame them. Here's another question. Question 19. Uh, more specifically, do you approve or disapprove of Joe Biden handling the economy? 59%. So we're talking about a large number of independents. And Democrats include this has to include people on the far left because it's 59 percent of the American people. It's not they think that they somewhat disapprove. They think that they totally disapprove. Like this is these are people who say this guy's not doing anything right. Nothing right. Total disapproval. 59 percent of the American people. I don't know how. I don't know. How it happens that the President of the United States gets asked questions specifically about this, knowing how the American people feel about it, and yet has the nerve to turn right back around and blame those same people for the questions that they're concerned about in these polls. Oh, 59, 69% of the people think that the U.S. economy is a 
total negative and they think that President Biden's the one to blame for that? President Biden, how do you feel about the economy? Are you doing anything to fix it? Look, we've given the people of the country all the permission they need to fix this problem, and they're not doing it. You see what, do you see what I'm saying here? Does this make sense, Leah? Yeah. All these people, all these people have a problem with Joe Biden and his handling of the economy, and Joe Biden's response is turn around and blame them. There has got to be Democrat consultants out there being fired right now, hopefully. And there's probably a whole other section of them, a whole other group of them running around the White House just pulling their hair out. Because how in the world do you consult a guy and, and get him to actually say, listen, when the American people, when 59 or 65 percent of the American people are saying that the economy is a total failure and you're the one that's responsible, you don't pivot the blame back onto the American people. But that's exactly what he's done. Total failure in leadership. We talked about this last week, Leah. Remember that we played that clip from the interview he gave mm-hmm. where he said uh, where he said he was a history professor at University of Pennsylvania yeah. and it never actually happened. Like he was never a history professor, never taught history classes at the University of Pennsylvania. I don't know. I hope we ne- I I don't even know where to start here because we have a president that has false memories of events that he thinks happened literally just like three or four years ago that never happened. And now the country is just stuck in this economic quagmire where the cost of all these goods and services are going up from inflation. And now he thinks the same guy with false memories about what type of life he's actually lived is turning right back around and blaming the American people for these issues. Anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read any more of these poll results, but if you want to find the rest of these poll result poll results. This is put out by the Wall Street Journal. It was released yesterday. You can go to the Wall Street Journal and find it. If you're not there, if you don't have access to the Wall Street Journal, you can go to paulkirtman.com. Scroll all the way down to radio number 40. At radio number 40, you can see all the show notes, links to the different stories and things that we're talking about today. But I also have the complete file of all those poll poll results. It's hard to say that. Can you say it fast, Leah? Poll results? Never mind. (laughs) You did it. I can't do it. It's hard to say. But anyway, all those results are it paulkerman.com right down there on radio number 40 and we're gonna have to get to uh how much time do we got here leah uh eight minutes eight minutes okay well so for the next eight minutes when we come back um and in the third segment we're gonna do libs of tiktok like we always do but we're also gonna get a little bit to this maybe we'll do it now you know what let's do it now let's go ahead and do it now this is one of the most entertaining court cases uh to have happened in a long time I'm going to play this clip. You guys know this this man. He's been in the news uh, for a couple years now. Dave Chappelle helped make him infamous, except I can't say Juicy Smollett anymore. I have to say Juicy Smollier because I, I'll just never be able to say it the right way um, once Dave Chappelle said it the way he said it. So as you all know, Juicy, Jesse, however you say it, um, he hired two Nigerian brothers to beat him up. He go, have you ever seen the video, Leah, the body cam footage of the police walking into his apartment? Nope. Okay, the police walk into his apartment. He said they poured bleach on me. They put a noose around my neck. And there he is. He still has the noose around his neck when the police get there. And they're like, why'd, why'd you leave the noose on? And, oh, well, I just wanted you to make sure you guys saw it around my neck. Like, this whole thing from the very beginning was just, is just so fishy, right? And so uh, here he is. He gets sentenced this week. And I'm going to go ahead and play this clip. This is the judge reading him his sentence. And then we're going to hear Juicy's reaction. Here's your sentence. I'm sentencing you to 30 months felony probation. And the probation is going to be to this court. 
You want to be allowed to travel wherever you want. You do not have to live in the state of Illinois. You can report by phone. I know that if you want to try to make a living and do some of the things you do, you may have to go to uh, other uh, places, New York and Los Angeles. You can do those things. You will pay restitution to the city of Chicago the amount of $120,106. You are fined $25,000, which is the maximum fine. And you will spend the first 150 days of your sentence in the Cook County Jail. And that will start today, right here, right now. Mr. Smollett, though the jury found you guilty and sentenced you as I have, you have the right to appeal the findings and moving support or ask your sentence to be modified. To do those things, you need to follow a notice of appeal in writing within 30 days. You may also follow a motion to modify your sentence, which may have to be filed in writing within 30 days. If you not stated in those filings or wait for purposes of appeal, you cannot afford lawyers and transcripts, they would be provided for your charge. Do you have any questions? No, I would just like to say to Your Honor that I'm uh, I'm not suicidal. That's what I would like to say. Okay. I'm not suicidal. Okay. I am not suicidal. I am innocent, and I am not suicidal. Right. Yeah. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of Black Americans in this country for over 400 years, and the fears of the LGBTQ community. Your Honor, I respect you, and I respect the jury, but I did not do this, and I am not suicidal. Okay, so there we go, Juicy Smoulier. Now, let's back up just a little bit and tell a little bit of the story. Here he is. He's getting fired from Empire, and so suddenly he winds up in the... I didn't know who this guy was until he got arrested. He winds up in the news. He says he was uh, approached by two guys wearing MAGA hats. Um, they called him uh, a bunch of... They used a bunch of racial slurs. They called him names. They poured bleach on him. They put a noose over his neck. He goes to the police. It's being reported as this huge hate crime. Turns out it's all fake. He hired these two brothers that he had dated. Um, so he, he knew them. He was intimately familiar with them, knew them very well, hired them uh, to beat him up. These guys both confessed to it. Uh, the whole thing was just a huge sham. His entire story was a whole sham. His sentence, the judge sentences him. He has to pay restitution to the city of Chicago. In other words, he has to pay for the cost that he has burdened the city of Chicago with, with all these fake accusations that they had to investigate. The judge also fined him $25,000, and he's going to have to serve 150 days in county jail. So he's not going to like a supermax prison here. He's not doing anything like that. He's spending 150 days in county jail. And when he has probation, he's allowed to call in. No, who else is allowed to call into the probation officer? He's allowed to travel to Los Angeles and California, you know, California uh, New York. He's allowed to travel wherever he has to to work because he's an actor. So he has to pay $25,000, and he's allowed to go wherever he wants, but he is going to have to spend 150 days in county jail. And what's his response? I'm not suicidal. And he doesn't say it once. He says it over and over and over again, as if he's in, he's aware of some type of conspiracy to kill him, as if he's Jeffrey Epstein, right? Jeffrey Epstein, who has who people speculate have videos of all kinds of famous, powerful people, both in the culture and in government and dignitaries, which we never we never got to the bottom of that, right? We don't know exactly who is in his little black book. He has surveillance all over his house, you know, human sex trafficking. And so this guy winds up dead. Jeffrey Epstein winds up dead, and everyone's like, What is going on? He was in a he was in a, a special prison. There was guards that fell asleep or who weren't there. The security camera goes out, and all of a sudden, this guy's been 
killed and that bone in your throat that, said, that they say only breaks if someone tries to strangle you that bone was broken so people are saying Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself somebody killed him because all this stuff is lining up and we've seen it all over the internet right with these funny memes Epstein didn't kill himself so here's here's Juicy <laughs> he's putting himself on the same level like it's a huge government global conspiracy to make sure that he's silenced make sure that he's silenced he hired two Nigerian brothers to be he hired two guys two of his boyfriends <laughs> he hired these guys to beat him up so the the conspiracy is him plus two and the other two these two guys they already confessed to the whole thing told them how it was set up told them how much Juicy paid him but Juicy's response to the sentencing he's being fined $25,000 don't you think if it was a bigger conspiracy, they probably would have locked him away and made sure he couldn't speak, right? Somehow this is a huge conspiracy. This is one of the most this is one of the funniest things because here's a guy who is completely delusional in digging in. And I think he's going down the path of President Joe Biden. Now he's creating false memories for himself and he's going to convince himself of his own lies. It's just it's just nutty, folks. It's just nutty. Leah? Yes. What are your thoughts? You got to talk to me about this a little bit because when we first came into the studio, you saw the uh, the headline on my on my post at paulkerman.com, Juicy didn't kill himself. Yeah. Have you, have you seen this in other places? Other people saying yeah, it? Yeah, I've seen some memes about it. Um, I will say about it, um, even though he's allowed to like travel and go about his life, basically, I don't see people treating him the same. Oh, they'll never treat him the same. So, I mean, he's still got to deal with hate from people. I think what's going to happen, he's, this guy's a joke now. He's yeah. just a 100% joke. I don't know if he's ever going to get any more jobs in Hollywood, yeah. but I could totally see him like getting like a national lampoon job where he plays a parody of himself. <laughs> this is going to wind up on, this is a Saturday Night Live skit. Like, he just wrote the skit for him. You're sentenced to, um, you know, you're sentenced to 15 minutes in jail. Oh, no, no, you're not even sentenced to anything. You just got a mugshot. Can you just can you see somebody getting a mugshot and then just like I'm not gonna kill myself I'm not suicidal but dude relax it's just a mug we're just in processing that's all this is yeah I think I think he's turned himself really into kind of a a parody I don't think he's ever gonna be taken seriously ever again I don't know if he was taken seriously before I don't even know who this guy really is until he got arrested I just knew he was an actor. Uh, that's all I knew. Yeah. You know what? Matt, but white racist guys aren't walking around watching Empire. You know, they're, they're just not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Right? If they're racist, they're not going to watch a show about black people, probably. It's yeah. probably not your source of entertainment. I'm just guessing. Anyway, we'll be back for the third and final segment of the Paul Curtin Show here at News Talk STL when, right when we come back. Welcome back to News Talk STL. This is Paul Kirtman. We are in the third and final segment of the Paul Kirtman Show here today. Who was that singing there, Leah? That was Adele. That's what I thought. And See, it's a newer song. Is it? Okay. I hadn't heard it before. I know who Adele is. Sounded like Adele, but I'm Good not... Good for you. I'm not... You're making fun <laughs> of me. I know you're making fun of me. I don't know anything about music. I just don't. And the thing, what's funny is like everybody here does. Everyone here is like experts. I just don't know anything about it. Thanks for telling me who it was. Um, we read off a bunch of Gallup polls earlier in the show. Uh, Gallup, though, they don't just poll politics. 
And sometimes some of the more entertaining stuff that you can read on Gallup polls is what Americans think about other things. So, if I had to ask you a question, Daniel, make sure to speak right into the mic. So, here's the question. If I was going to poll you and I was going to ask you, does the sun revolve around the earth or does the earth revolve around the sun? What's the answer? Does the earth revolve around the sun (laughs) or does the sun revolve around the earth? The sun? No. The The earth? The earth around the... Yeah. Yeah, the earth revolves around the sun. Okay. Well, you know what? It's okay because one in five Americans think the sun revolves around the earth. One in five. I didn't ask you, Leah. Okay. But you knew that. Uh, maybe. (laughs) Oh, boy. One in five. Two in five. No, I'm just kidding. One in five Americans think the sun revolves around the earth. Here's another one. Now, this one, this one, now that one's scientific, right? Because we know that the earth revolves around the sun, okay? But what about this one? I don't even really know what paranormal includes. Does it include ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs? Yeah. Three in four Americans believe in the paranormal where do you stand in that leah um i don't believe in like bigfoot or like sasquatch and the loch ness monster but i believe in like spirits and ghosts see i this is okay i kind of believe there might be a bigfoot out there i want to believe in a bigfoot yeah there's just there's so many pictures out there i believe in the ufo stuff too now that's kind of weird. Yeah, there's some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like. Well, this Navy pilot just the other year, like the U.S. Navy has released footage from fighter pilots. Have you seen this? Nope. They have released footage from fighter aircraft off the coast of San Diego. They were tracking a UFO. Like you can, you can find it online. Like the pilots talking about it, the Navy's talking about it, the DOD's talking about it. They said it was a pill-shaped craft. It just took off, and they could go. It shot up out of the ocean. That's what's crazy about it. And then it's wow. going like zigzagging left, and they're like, it's just impossible. Like we don't have anything that can do this. But then there's videos of things flying over the moon. You ever seen any of those? No. It's weird stuff. Yeah. That's just crazy. So, three and four Americans believe in the paranormal. Um, she would get mad at me, maybe, for saying this on the radio. But but my wife thinks, uh, my wife, I think, is a believer in Bigfoot. That's okay. I think it's okay. Um, but according to Gallup, three and four Americans believe in the paranormal. And uh, I don't really know exactly where I fall into this. I don't know if Bigfoot's paranormal. What if it's just an animal that nobody's, we just haven't seen yet? Does that make it paranormal just because it's an animal that's undiscovered? I don't think so. Okay. Here's another one. Now, this is kind of interesting. 22%, and this this kind of reflects in uh, some presidential polls that we've had or some presidential races that we've had recently. 22% of Americans are hesitant to support a Mormon for office. 22%. Would you support a Mormon? I have no idea. I've, like, never even, like, thought of it. So, probably then. If, yeah. if being a Mormon doesn't matter to you, then yeah, you'd probably yeah, support them. I mean, them. if they, you know, have a good purpose or whatever cause for what they're fighting for or whatever, then, I mean, I'd vote for them. If they're the same as you are on different issues? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I don't care what their background is. Yeah. 
That's how. That's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, if they're pro-life, if they're for limited government, if they just want to keep me free, yeah. Then I don't care if they're a Mormon. I just want somebody that's going to keep me free. Yeah. You know exactly. Okay. Hmm. Let's do one more. Here we go. Where Where are we? Okay. Five percent. Oh wait, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, five percent of working millennials thrive. Five percent of all working millennials. I mean, you might know more about this than me. what it. It says five percent of working millennials thrive in all five elements of well-being. I'm not sure this is even a poll that I care about. Do you even <laughs> know what that means? No. <laughs> thrive. I don't know if this is. What are the five elements of well-being? This recent Gallup poll is funny in a sad way. I'm just reading from the article. As it sheds light on the tragic comic life of a millennial. Tragic and comic life of a millennial. In this poll, well-being is defined as having purpose, social support, manageable finances, a strong community, and good physical health. Sadly, only 5% of working millennials defined as people born between 1980 and 1996, only 5% were thriving in these five groups of well-being. I don't know if anybody's thriving in those five. How is this special to millennials? <laughs> you have purpose, social support, manageable finances, strong community, and good physical health. That sounds like success no matter how old you are. Yeah. Like you're doing pretty good. Why, why are we singling millennials out? Are we supposed to feel bad that 95 of them don't have all their act together? I'm surprised even 5% of them do. When were you born? 97. Oh, so you're not a millennial, according to this. I'm like right on the border. What are you? Do you know I what your generation is? I don't is? know. Is it like, I have no idea. I forget what it's called. Hmm. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I don't, don't even pay care. attention to that stuff. Me neither. Like, who really does? <laughs> like, what's? I don't even understand. Like, nineteen. this is 1980. That would make me a millennial, but I sure don't feel like one. I'm 40 years old. But of course, yeah. it's 2020. So I guess maybe I... I'm an old millennial. I don't know how this works. And I don't know who sets the parameters for it either. Do you know what you are, Daniel? When were you born? 2007. 2007. Like a baby boomer or whatever they're called. <laughs> a baby boomer? <laughs> Leah, you are so far. You are so far off. I forget what they're called. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he's not a baby boomer. I'm going to look all this up. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should look it up. Dan- Daniel's not a baby boomer. Now, Daniel... Poppy is a baby boomer. So, you know, okay, so baby boomers were those children born, like, in the first, what, 10 um, or 20 years right after World War II? Because okay. there was a boom in childbirth. Yeah, that so doesn't apply to you. Called baby. <laughs> Do you see what he is? 2007? No, I'm looking. Okay. Because I want to see this, because I don't know if, I don't know if I, we have anything for you yet, Daniel. I guess officially I'm one of the oldest millennials on the planet, probably why I don't relate very much. Um, and we don't know what Leah is, and we don't know what you are. And I don't know if we'll be able to figure it out. So, you guys both should be able to figure this out before me because I don't even know how to. I don't even know. I don't even know the first place to look on the internet for this kind of stuff. But okay. you see anything there, Leah? Hold on. Uh, what do we got? I'm trying to read this. Uh, let's see. I'm a. I am a Generation Z. Um, and it looks like he is. When were you born? Two thousand seven. Okay, so he's a Gen Z also. Oh, so you guys are both Gen Z. 97 to 2012. Well, let's ask another political question of you both. And how do you feel with your generation being associated with the Russian invasion of Ukraine? 
You you know this? You know you know that Z is like the new symbol for the Russian invasion because they have Z painted on everything. Great. And people are saying Z is like the new swastika. Oh no. <laughs> Generation Z. Oh man, I don't know if I can be associated with you guys on air. Oh yeah, now I see the baby boomers. <laughs> 57 to 75 years old. Yeah, 57 to 75. That's okay, that's about right. That's about right. Hey, let's uh, let's make sure we hit our libs of TikTok here before we sign off for the day. So uh, yesterday at an Illinois school board meeting, a parent alleged that middle school teachers have been counseling kids on transgenderism and changing their names while telling the students to keep that information from their parents. Here's a parent confronting the school board with this. I recently found out that in um, at GMS there have been some teachers counseling students um, pushing a transgender agenda. Also telling that those students to tell their parents, I'm sorry, to keep it from their parents. I know in the high school there have been names changed and genders changed without parental notice in like the in their records and so i also i do know that it's happening and has happened at um, grays lake middle school and that is illegal you cannot do it it is an abuse of power so this is a parent confronting a, a school district in illinois just this last week and what she's doing is she's talking about how it has come to the attention of a lot of the parents in the school district that members of the school, so staff and faculty, have been counseling the students behind the parents' back, coaching them, that helping them identify as being transgendered, changing their names, changing the way that they dress, and also telling the parent or telling the kids that they're coaching here, that they're grooming. Keep don't tell your parents. Don't tell your parents we're doing this. Right now, there's this big deal in Florida where you know the left is like oh they're passing this don't say gay bill all the bill says is that for young children in school not even high school it's like it's like first through second third or fourth grade all the bill says is that you can't be talking about coaching you can't be talking about the transgender the, the this type of sexualized agenda the the word gay is not even in the bill so nobody's prohibited from saying the word gay but they're saying it's a don't say gay bill but this is why they're passing those types of bills because there are schools where people are getting hired to be teachers or to be on the staff or the faculty and they're going in there with an agenda to coach kids this actually happened in California and a and a young girl uh, behind the backs of the parents was being coached to become a transgendered boy. And one day the parents came home and she had hung herself. They, she didn't die. They found her. They were able to save her. And then a lot of this has broken and come to light. And that's why they're passing this type of legislation to make sure that schools can't do this to kids. This is Paul Kerbin in the studio today with Leah and my nephew Daniel Kerbin here at News Talk STL. Thanks for listening and join us again next week.